My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Um, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. Now, I, I apologize for being a few minutes late. I had some work that I had to get done. I'm not going to tell you that, uh, that I didn't run from one thing to the next. I, I will tell you that I was really excited about this interview um, and to have Chris Paul on with us today. He is the I'm Your Moderator. And just a little bit about, about him. He has taken upon himself to make Twitter great again. And he has been working on and creating great content. He is a writer. He does describe himself as a Hollywood refugee, and he's a part of the Badlands Media Group and has done some amazing things over there as well. Um, but uh, without any further ado, let's uh, welcome to the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, great to see you, Joe. Great to see you. So talk to us. I mean, everyone here probably already knows who you are, but just give them a little bit of a download on you. Well, I don't know about that, but... Uh... Well, I guess some background, I moved to Hollywood um, in the early 2000s, lived there for 18 and a half years. I was primarily involved with uh, running nightclubs and opening you know, bars and restaurants, building communities at those places. Like at the beginning of it, you could have called me a promoter. I think my, kinda, my role kind of changed. After a while, I did a lot of celebrity outreach. A lot of my friends uh, from when I was, you know, a younger man in my mid twenties became some of them substantially famous. And that took me to all sorts of different places, whether it's around the world, um, certain kinds of Hollywood events. It, it was a lifestyle that I never could have predicted. I grew up in a town of like 500 people. And, uh, when 2020 hit, we'd been through four years of Trump insanity, like that entire town is Trump deranged. And, you know, we did Me Too. We did all the fake news, the impeachment hoax, the Mueller thing. It was for me at the point where everyone I knew seemed to have gone completely insane. And I was trying to, you know, I had made an effort and, you know, a really um, intentional effort to figure out why. Republicans and Democrats were so different. And so I started reading mainstream conservative outlets just to see what the thought process is and what the philosophy was that led people to such different conclusions than where my friends were and where I was in large part. I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. I voted for Hillary. And I'm ashamed of it appropriately. 
Um, but in 2020, when the COVID stuff started, man, I just started looking at, uh, I was looking at Twitter and paying attention to, sorry, I was drinking coffee right before and I think it's like messing with me. Uh, I was uh, looking at like people who are actually producing the data from the public health community, showing us the data, analyzing the data. These are actual data professionals and what they were producing didn't reflect what was on television at all. And so I was like, why is this happening? Why are they just running up these case numbers? Why are they running up these death numbers on television 24 hours a day? Why is everyone scared of this when before the pandemic really became a public thing, doctors and scientists and experts were already saying, this isn't that big a thing to worry about. It's probably gonna be around the uh, infection fatality rate of a normal flu. There are certain treatments like chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine that can treat it. No one was worried. And then all of a sudden, everyone was freaking out. And we had to end society in order to potentially save people from this disease. And initially, it was presented as a couple of weeks. And that turned into a couple of months. And here we are still doing it. So I was speaking out about all this stuff. And, you know, that caused a lot of friction. I lost probably 90% of the people who I thought were my friends and uh, got banned from Twitter, got banned from Instagram, and eventually just left the communist state of California. And so now I'm in Texas and uh, I'd started doing the show right around the beginning of COVID. I never expected it to be all political. I thought I was gonna be interviewing, you know, Hollywood people, people uh, who were industry types, maybe thought leaders, writers, directors, whatever. And I started talking about the COVID stuff and everything kind of just fell into place after that. And I didn't become like MAGA until, I don't know, June or July of 2020. And now I'm as MAGA as it gets, I think. Somebody can challenge my MAGA out there if you like. But uh, I think I bring it pretty hard. And uh, on Twitter, especially, I don't know why they let me back onto that platform. They probably shouldn't have. But uh, I'm happy to be there and happy to uh, be as disruptive as possible. So, so they, they haven't let me back on. I'm still... I'm That's still crazy. And... What was it? Four weeks ago, Conservative Daily got banned. Jeez, man! Four and CanCon's not allowed on there. And yeah. uh, John Harold Patel Patriot, he's not on there. Patrick Gunnels isn't on there. Isn't that it's crazy? Really crazy? Yeah, I mean, maybe I just uh, appealed my suspension at the right time. I was banned for two years. I got on in, got back on in October, and so I, I don't know what they're doing with that. I've actually been suspended twice since then and got back on. <laughs> so, yeah, I try to get suspended at least once a week. <laughs> how many? So, so how many suspensions do you get before they permanently ban you? Is it like a I have limit? No idea. They told me I was permanently suspended in 2020. I've also been suspended on Spotify. I've been censored on Yelp. Like I just say all the things that I think are right, and they're just not appropriate for certain platforms, I guess. So I have not been, or maybe we have been, you know, maybe we, maybe I have been uh, banned by Spotify. I have been, they have tempered me on Spotify and uh, well, shadow banned yeah. us and done all sorts of other stuff. But I learned something really interesting about Spotify just prior to my banning. And I'm not sure if it has something to do with the banning or not. So, you know, I got banned after March 9th and on March 9th, I did an episode on Ukrainian biolabs and how yep. the existence of these biolabs and the U.S.'s relationship with these biolabs was admitted in Senate testimony by Victoria Newland. 
It's not a mystery. The biolabs are real. What they study is real. They do gain and function research. Russia has documents from these biolabs that they presented at the UN Security Council. This is a subject that people should be allowed to talk about and tell the truth about. Now, I'm not sure I'm right about every single detail, and I'm not sure I'm drawing all the right conclusions, but I think I am, and I think I'm being fairly responsible with that material, certainly more responsible than the people who are censoring it and saying it's a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. I talked about bioclandestines work, and after that day, I was banned. But what I found out about Spotify before that was I went through because in terms of just cataloging and being able to search for my show more easily, I wanted to update the format where I was, you know, doing the, the title and the date of each show. So I went through, and at that point, I probably had, I don't know, 400 episodes. And so I was taking the tedious and painstaking process of editing them all individually. And so I went, when I did that, and when they reposted, they posted all as new episodes. And they all fed in as though I had just posted them all that day. And then the, and then something on Spotify began filling in all these new plays. And my daily plays were up like 20x or maybe more. I don't know. It was insane. And I was like, what the heck is happening here? And so I'm looking at the play count on all these episodes. And they've added all these new plays. There's no way anybody possibly listened to 400 episodes in a day and a half. And so I know something really strange is going on. And the only explanation is that they're filling in those listens, those play counts, via algorithm. And that algorithm is actually what they pay out of, uh, pay out off of because yeah. they pay on play counts. Right. And so I emailed them about this, and I and maybe that's why they took my account down. I don't know, but that problem is not just uh, targeted to me. I imagine that's how they treat all their podcasts on the Anchor platform, Spotify's podcast distribution platform. And I bet that's probably how they handle it for uh, professional musicians as well. And I've talked to some musicians uh, about this, and they think, yeah, that's probably right. We know there are payola schemes to have our music uh, you know, ranked up in that algorithm. So they're promoting stuff if people pay. And... If the algorithm is controlling the, the play counts, then they're basically defrauding every musician on the planet. And that is preposterous. Well, you know, because I'm in the data world, um, we, we have about, in November, it was about 8 million people that listened to us in November. Right? Congratulations. And, so, and, but I can't get real numbers out of any platform. Mm. I have to use tiny URLs and I have to use trackers and scripts and, you know, we don't even advertise conservative daily, the site. And mm -hmm. I think, I don't, uh, what do we have? Like 6,000, 7,000 an episode that watched the episode. Yeah. On the site. Yeah. On the site. So, and I don't even advertise it. So how is it that Spotify tells me that one day I'll have 14,000 downloads and the next day I'll have three. Yeah. It's nuts. It makes no sense. And you know what else is weird that uh, some of the guys in Badlands and I observed when that, you remember that first night where it was like Elon has taken over and something on Twitter has changed? Yeah. Everybody kind of just agreed that was true at one time. I'm not sure how true it is, but everybody kind of just assumed that it was. Well, we looked on some of our other platforms and play numbers had uh, peaked again. And now, you know, I'm speculating here. Obviously, I don't have hard evidence of this, 
But that makes me think that these algorithms were connected somehow and that this content is all linked across platforms in ways that we just were not realizing. There's something else going on. I don't know what it is. Well, it's a control of information. That's why they get they get control of all the media outlets. And they all either play ball or they do what they're doing to Elon Musk, which is try to tank their stock. And the, the thing that I've, I've noticed is don't bet against Elon Musk. Yeah. I, I don't. I think that you're getting banned now, like banned twice since you got back on. (laughs) I think that that is him just trying to get control over these moderators and these bots that they have that are making these, you know, decision tree uh, decisions on whether or not they kick someone off or suspend someone. And in this case, I don't think he's going to get it under control anytime soon because frankly, uh, he's got to fight the inside and the outside. And he's trying to create a free environment in a place where they don't want freedom. It's, it's all, and they talk about, Chris, they talk about democracy. All the time. Democratizing. Yeah. But, but it's not. It's the opposite of that. And what they're doing is actually creating a communist very, and, and look, you said it. You said, look, I am full MAGA, but before I'd hang out with my, you know, the people that were around me and we were 100%, you know, Trump derangement syndrome. And you played into it, but something inside of you said, All right, but why? <laughs> mm-hmm. You had to ask the question. And then when you dug in, you're like, what? I was, I could not have been that dumb. Well, for me, it was like, it was like, wait a second, they're lying about a pandemic, right? Like I understand media bias that that exists, you yeah. know, and you kind of try to, um, understand what an individual or an outlet's bias is, and then work backward from there and try to figure out what is real about what's being communicated. And when I realized like, they're gonna completely lie about a pandemic, like this is supposed to be one of the most important things in the world. Like this is a pretty sizable crisis in America. They should be telling the truth. They're saying they're uh, intending to save lives and that that's what their policy is geared toward. But it doesn't seem to be the case at all. Lockdowns are devastating. And that was obvious from the beginning. There's nothing else lockdowns could be other than devastating. Now, you could make the argument if you were able to prove that you were actually mitigating a serious illness that was going to kill people on a widespread basis, that the lockdown might be justified. But that's not the argument that we had. It was just, well, you know, if people aren't around each other, then they, they can't spread it. So everybody must stay home except for, you know, all of these people. And eh, you can have like a pod, right? Anthony Fauci, I remember being on TV and there was an article in New York Post talking about how it was okay to go hook up with your Tinder date if you were willing to risk transmission. That's not what he was communicating elsewhere. Like the whole thing was just so inconsistent. And if you're lying about a pandemic, there is basically nothing you won't lie about at that point, it's time to say, I don't trust these people at all anymore. Well, you know, I voted for Obama in 2008. I did too. So I will tell you, I did not vote for him in 2012, but I voted for him in 08 because, you know, my dad's black, my mom's white, my whole family's interracial. And so for me, it was a, hey, this guy's got an opportunity to bring people together. And, and, I, and I grew up in Washington, D.C., so I know what racism looks like because that is the worst. That place is the cesspool of racism. It really is. I mean, even today, it's it's a, it's the the racial frictions a lot, but uh, 
so I went through kind of the same formula, trying to you know look at what was true, what wasn't true, looking into things, checking, and there are still some things that the that the conservatives say that I don't agree with. There just are, sure. but I think it's become or, or Republicans, I should say, but I think it's become this uniparty where they just create all this chaos everywhere, and then you're just expected to try and figure it out. Well, chaos favors the op, not the person, or excuse me, the people. And so I feel like we're in that place right now where everything's chaos. You talk about the pandemic, none of it made sense to any of us. It certainly didn't make sense to you. Like you're gonna lock down, but big businesses can stay open. So Walmart, Target, all those guys can stay open, but small businesses, except if you're a liquor store or a pot dispensary, then those are actually good. You can leave those open. And if you wanna mm -hmm. sleep with this chick or this guy and you wanna do that stuff, that's okay too. If you want to risk it, that's an acceptable risk. It, none of it made sense. It didn't follow any sort of normal formula of, you know, the sky is falling. Um, and I think that's what caught everyone off guard, frankly. But I think well, that's what's woken people up. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the last point. The crazy thing in Los Angeles was that, you know, you have the, the inconsistencies and hypocrisies being sent from the top down, you know, from the government. But then you have, like, the the people you're friends with, the people, you know, you might work with, your acquaintances, whatever. And they are broadcasting that they're completely down with the whole agenda. And as soon as they're off social media, then they're right back to doing whatever they want. And the thing is there, there are so many people who are so comfortable and don't actually have real jobs. You know, either uh, a parent is still paying for them or a sugar daddy pays for them or maybe they're a successful actor that works a few months out of the year and then is, you know, largely on vacation the rest of the time regardless. And good for them if they can work like that. But they didn't care at their own home. They would still see people in their own home, but they would restrict it only to people who agreed with them about everything else. It was just like they're they're fine with being hypocrites. They just don't want anyone to know. And that to me is not okay. So of course I was trying to put all these people on blast all the time and they didn't like that very much. And these were your friends in some cases. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are people whose weddings I was in who I no longer talked to who completely disavowed me. And one of the big moments for me was when I actually did get censored on Instagram and texted, Hey, do you see what's actually happening here? Like I am being censored for saying true things. And they were like, well, you know, you shouldn't, you just shouldn't have said those things. And I'm like, okay, well, the truth is that if the Gestapo came to your door, you would be like, no, 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 I'm good. But right over there, get that guy. And once you realize that you're just not friends anymore. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to bring Apollo in because he wanted to be on the show as well. And so he's calling in, he's in in michigan he's behind enemy lines up there opposite end of the world a little bit he, he's a little cold and his mustache we, we sent him on a rendition so he's on a rendition deal to go find us some comedies up there can't hear you can't hear you uh, yeah what what oh is that better that yeah uh, man talk about weird. your mustache okay sorry. yeah it just it just froze that way the, the moisture out here i didn't even i didn't even do anything with it He's he's a undercover you, communist. You too, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so I want to. I got so many questions for you, Chris. By the way, remember the thing that I did at Carrie Lake night, and I said she, there's no way that she's going to win. Everybody was like mad at me. I was on Badlands with you, 
And I was like, listen, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. She's not going to win. They're not going to let it happen. And everybody's like, no, it's going to. And I don't know who said it. They're really mad at me for saying it. And I was like, there's no way <laughs> Carrie Lake wins. You don't understand. The, the system yeah. is fixed. She, none of them are going to win. They're going to cheat every way possible. And what happened? They cheated every way possible. I don't even think that our wins that night were all legitimate, at least no. to the extent, you know, that they were reported. You know, I have no doubt that Ron DeSantis won the governor's race in Florida, but I don't think that the totals are accurate. And I don't think that Florida is a state that is clean of election fraud. And it angers me to no end that conservative incorporated media pretends that the hero Ron DeSantis fixed elections in Florida, that is flatly untrue. And, and it makes you believe that maybe he there's somewhere that he's a, I'm going to say this. Oh man. It's okay. Say, I mean, dude, you can question anybody. I, you I do. Questioning Donald Trump. I mean, I trust Trump on almost everything, but there's some stuff he does where I'm like, well, you know, I got to see how this plays out. Cause that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me right now. I guess we just got to see where this is going. But Ron DeSantis doesn't get that benefit of the doubt. Yeah, so I, Ron DeSantis, to me, I just wondered, what does he know and not know? And obviously, he's had security clearances at a high level. He was a special forces guy. Uh, you know, those guys didn't get to those places that he's at without understanding that he's going to have to make some sacrificial lambs, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. President Trump, you know, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't like some of the things that he say, has said. I'm with him 100%. I'm loyal as a junkyard dog. I will follow him into any firefight because he's proven his loyalty to us. But vaccines, man, I won't put that stuff poison in my body. I'm out. Well, yeah. It's funny. I actually um, discussed that with CanCon this morning. Trump's position on the vaccine doesn't bother me, and people get really angry about that. It's like they want to extract something from people with my point of view that like, I have to agree with them that Trump did something bad, but I don't agree with that perspective. Okay. I don't think that he did something bad. And I don't think that there is any advantage to Donald Trump or America first or MAGA to go out and have Donald Trump say that the vaccines are actually really bad and no one should take them. We've all figured it out already. And right. the truth is that people should not have been listening to anyone when they said, take the vaccine. You should have done the research for yourself. And if you're not, uh, capable of taking on the responsibility that it was your decision, then you don't have any ground on which to stand when you're blaming someone else. Donald Trump didn't force anybody to take that vaccine. I'm sorry. And that is the, the line. That's the bare minimum. He also advertised available treatments that are effective in the treatment of the coronavirus. There was no reason for anybody to be scared of the coronavirus when they took the vaccine. Most people took the vaccine for convenience and to fit in, and they didn't do it because Donald Trump said so. And the funniest thing is when they call us all cult members for being on board with Donald Trump, well, who was it who didn't take the vaccine? Well, that was Trump supporters. So how cultish can we be if we didn't listen to him? I, I agree with you 100%. And I think I tell people all the time that we're, we're not going to agree on everything. We don't have to. We, and and yeah. it should be okay. You should be able to set aside your petty differences or those differences. I can tell you the one thing that, that you have to stand next to them on, and that is the cabal is real. The deep state is real. These people are evil, and it's on both sides of the aisle. And he calls them both out. He's like, you guys are trash. 
We can agree. It's the best, and it's necessary. <laughs> he needs to do that, and he needs to be the guy doing it. What Donald Trump has done to thwart this globalist agenda is maybe the single most important thing that any American president has done, at least since Lincoln. I mean, the idea that we're going to push this guy to the side because he makes fake centrists angry and upset, you know, the people that still hate Donald Trump, what they ultimately want to do is be able to unify with the liberals and the normies in their life. They want to be on the same page with these people about something because it's too uncomfortable to actually step away from these relationships or understand that you have an unbridgeable gap here. You know, they Absolutely. want you to hate Donald Trump so that you guys can come together in your Trump hatred. They want that one thing from you and then they'll listen to you. Well, I'm sorry, you're not getting that from me. This is this man has done something so important and may well save our country by himself. I mean, not totally by himself, obviously, but he is the face of that. And he did it alone. He stood alone against all the most powerful people and institutions in the world. And he's the one that took all of the incoming. So sorry, man, I can't get off that train. I don't. I, and I w I'm glad you can't get off the train. I'm certainly not getting off the train as they try to replace him with DeSantis going into 2024, which I think is a mistake. And I like Ron DeSantis. I just but don't trust him yet. It's not his time. Yeah. He, you know, he's got four more years that he can be, he can be the governor for four more years, and we can have that conversa conversation in 2028. But I know that if we don't get back-to-backs, if we can't have a President Trump and then someone that comes behind him with the same ideological strength and courage, we're in trouble because these guys have been doing this for decades, right? And they're proving that they'll steal everything and, and plain sight and that they own the uh, judiciary and they own the, the media and they own the big tech. I think it's going to take, it's going to take president Trump winning in 2024. Although I got to tell you, Chris, I'm going to tell you, if we don't get rid of the machines and we don't get rid of the mail-in ballots, you cannot outvote the machines. You can't. I agree with you about that. I just am very optimistic that we will do all of these things. There's going to come a point in this country where people can no longer deny all this stuff. And we're reaching kind of, uh, you know, the end of a lot of these narratives. They're all kind of coming in and uh, coming together at the same time, all at the same point of the narrative. You can feel the narratives all collapsing at once and kind of around the same point. And to think that that is just a random occurrence or some coincidence i mean i guess i guess people can make arguments for that i wouldn't be the one making that argument this episode of conservative daily is brought to you by dcf guns they're not just a supporter and a partner of the show they're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership along with being a staunch defender of the second amendment they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores so they have a gunsmith at every location they have the ability to do massive amounts of training uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting um, they're also the best gun store in colorado 
Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. No, I and and I and I have to tell you, if if this convergence does and I tell people all the time, we're winning. We're winning in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ways that we're winning is that they thought we would go away. They thought they could bully us, intimidate us, cancel us. And and in large part, they've done that. They've done a large part of that, but we, we just keep talking. And people keep showing up, and they keep listening to it, and they keep becoming ambassadors of truth and speaking more about it. Which brings me to the Twitter files, because you covered the Twitter files, and I've watched every <laughs> breakdown of the Twitter files that you've done, or the mm. CanCon's done, and uh, now i got some questions. i, I got to ask you, what's the most explosive revelation you think came out of that so far? Ah, man, you know... The only way that I can really answer that question is by putting myself in someone else's mind, because this to me is one of the most important issues in the country and has been now for years. And so I've been following it pretty closely. And as someone who was banned, it's kind of something you get tuned into real fast and what the effects of the banning are in May or April of 2021. Judicial Watch put out a release of FOIA documents from the California Secretary of State. And I was going through these documents and on page 19 or maybe page 20, I see my own face. And my friend in Los Angeles, the actress Samita Armstrong, uh, had posted an Instagram post. It was a video of uh, me and Siaka Massaqua, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but we were talking about, um, you know, problems with the elections in California, the secretary of state had changed. And we were working on the Gavin Newsom recall, by the way, that's what our focus was. We were doing a, uh, a signing for the recall event. And uh, I, I did this little video clip about how the secretary of state's office had changed my voter registration to permanent mail-in balloting. And they had done that without my consent or my knowledge. And I talked about that on video and the California Secretary of State's office flagged that post as disinformation and it was taken down. And this was, I'm not sure if that affected my, my eventual banning, but that was the state working with big tech to censor me, right? And when you've gotten to that point, it's clear that the state does not care about your rights. And I mean the broader state, not just California. Absolutely. Because they were doing this all around the country and they were linking it all through the National Association of Secretaries of State, a group that shouldn't exist. You know, there is like secretaries of state are supposed to be secretaries of state of their state. 
They're not all supposed to combine on a national program about how the Secretary of State's office is supposed to be run. Well, they've created this this connection, and they did it with the Eric system, obviously, with with right. voter registrations across the country as well. But I think one of the things that came out of the Twitter files, and as we keep talking about it, is they've they've said nothing. Like the mainstream media has literally covered none of this and yeah. even fox news now the only one that did cover it is oan i love oan by the way oan's a place that i get my news but even fox news has said that there's nothing to see here mm-hmm. other than tucker carlson and the rest of it is them building these these things around tucker carlson saying uh we're legitimate we're we're on your side but chris that's not the case dni dhs fbi cia uh, they're all involved in this and they committed a crime. They violated the constitution of the United States willingly and they used a public company in order to do it. That's a crime. That, that is a RICO violation. Yeah. I mean, the idea that this is not a small issue is way beyond me, but this is what the media does, right? If they can't attack the person into silence, like if they can't call you racist or sexist or homophobic and make you stop, then they will go down this kind of chain of tactics. And when they get far enough, they'll just ignore it because they, there's no good answer. There's no good way that they can describe this story without recounting what the drops actually are. And what the drops actually are destroys big tech and the media, and the illegitimate administration. I mean, the responsibility here is clear. They censored American citizens, particularly their political speech, in order to steal an election, provide cover for a career of political corruption by the Bidens, and perpetuate a mythical pandemic hoax. I'm not saying that there wasn't something happening that was making people sick. We don't have to go that far to know that the pandemic narrative was itself a hoax. And the narrative is what really matters. The narrative is what allows people to go along with the shutdowns of businesses, the shutdowns of schools. I mean, these are things with catastrophic consequences that we already know. In the summer of 2020, they knew that this was going to push hundreds of millions of people worldwide into extreme poverty, and they kept going with it anyway. That is the sort of thing that would take decades to recover from if it's even possible. This is like destruction of humanity on a scale that the world has probably never seen before. The pandemic response was the biggest scientific, political, and moral uh, error probably in human history. And they did it intentionally. So so can I add some of that? So number one, yeah, Joe, do you remember earlier when I was talking about like, you know, the tip of the iceberg, because we're seeing the Twitter files and all these things, how they're rolling this out? This is very much uh, like we're we're getting the spotlight on only what we're seeing, and there's so much more that isn't really being talked about, and that's fair and that's understandable. And there's a take regarding this that I want to ask you about, Chris, because uh, like if we just look at COVID just as one example, mm-hmm. like first of all with the election, which is you know the big deal and the first things that started coming out, the removal of Trump, all these things are huge. But uh, you look at some of Mike. Uh, Mike Benz's work as well, where he's articulating what's going on with the Transition Integrity Project. I mean, these are people, high levels in the military, in the Pentagon, who are involved in this as well. It's not just ODNI, DHS, uh, you know, and, the, and these agencies. Like, we knew that. We know that. 
Uh, go down to the Secretary of State's levels, like we've seen in Arizona, like California, like you mentioned, that's a big deal. But then if you look at COVID, uh, like what are the things that aren't really getting the attention because they were covered at length? They're wrapped in with all these other news cycles and stories over the last year and a half. Uh, I'm going to say a few things with some assumptions. Number one, our DOD, our, our military and defense apparatus was involved in creating COVID, whatever it actually is. 100% I believe that. And it's I true. think that's fairly well proven. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think that's really debatable anymore. The Russian biolabs, which they tried to debunk, they said didn't exist. Then, okay, they exist, but they're not biolabs, on and on and on. We hold that to be true. So this is now our military, our defense apparatus involved with our government, the CDC, all these companies, Metabiota, you know, the whole web that created COVID, unleashed it on the population with whatever network they have with other, other governments overseas. And then they use the same apparatus in conjunction with all of these other uh, agencies and the media, clearly in a coordinated way, because that doesn't happen, you know, just out of nowhere, to then perpetrate it and suppress people's speech and everything like that. That's a, I mean, that's really the bigger issue that we're getting at here is that you have an international network of military forces and scientific establishments, academia, government, intelligence agencies, all these things working together, which we're now just getting the splinter in the paw of the line right now, that they unleash the most hellish operation to end human life on the planet. And we're getting in the Twitter files like that. You know, do you know what I mean? It's but the media than is Twitter not, files. and the media is not even talking about it. I mean, the, the, the media is not talking about the underpinning about how many lies they've told. Like we, We've forgotten more lies than we could put in front of us. We put the lie out, and by the time we're done talking about this lie, another lie comes in right behind it. it it's it, They're at the point now where anything that disputes the way they want the world to be is disinformation, and that part of it's crazy. Uh, Apollo, I mean, I was on the Mike Benz Twitter space about a, a week or so ago, maybe a week and a half ago, where he was discussing a bunch of this. And I got to ask him about the Transition Integrity Project and about a group called Defeat Disinfo. Because Defeat Disinfo was run by Stanley McChrystal. And what happened was basically the United States took this, um, you know, this technology, uh, technological apparatus that they built around controlling conversations in foreign countries that they were, you know, supposedly targeting against uh, terrorists in the Middle East, use it for the Arab Spring as well. And they brought that over and targeted Americans. And the purpose was to control the conversation so that Donald Trump would lose the election. And, you know, this then came to include what I saw in Hollywood, which was my friends who were famous uh, actors or musicians or even just like social media influencers, these people were getting paid to distribute the propaganda. And we know from the CARES Act that they had marketing budgets built into all this. So we have federal taxpayer money going to the federal government, redistributed to the states in the CARES Act for marketing. And then what is that marketing going to pay for? Well, it's filling up the pockets of my rich friends so that they will propagandize the taxpayers. That is what we were paying for in 2020. And the entire thing is is mind-blowing in the scale of corruption and, and honestly, evil. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that is what we are dealing with. And thank you for bringing up Mike Benz because 
Mike Benz is actually the best revelation of the Twitter files, period. The fact that he is coming out and that now people are knowing who and who he is and what he does because he has the real story on all this stuff and he knows it from personal experience. I don't know what this Twitter files thing is, but it certainly doesn't feel like these very reputable journalists were dropped a bunch of information and now they're analyzing that information and reporting it to the public with the uh, with the, the desperate need to inform the public. It seems like they are uh, some part of some part way downstream of an information operation. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's necessarily to trick people. Maybe it's just to wake people up along a timeline that is deemed to be the most functional and effective. And if that's the case, fine. But this does not seem natural in any way. They can't even uh, answer for us who has made these redactions. Who's redacted these names? Why are these names redacted? Where is this information coming from? Why isn't the information that you're saying exists being shown to us? That's what like uh, a files drop is supposed to be. So that part is very frustrating to me. And I know a lot of other people. And just one last thing, the Barry Weiss involvement in this and her new media project called The Free Press, I don't know what this is supposed to be, but they have a bunch of Trump-hating leftists that are all together. And because they didn't get as fully on board with the woke regime as some of their counterparts, they are the people who are somehow taken more seriously. These are the more mainstream people. They kind of understand what the right is about, which means they just don't spend the day calling us racists, I guess. These are not responsible people to be disseminating this information. And we saw that pop up in the recent release by David Zweig of the uh, the Twitter files about the COVID stuff, man. He tried to uh, bring out this false equivalency be between what happened in the Trump administration and what's happening in the Biden administration. The Biden administration is asking Twitter directly and demanding takedowns and suspensions like a full-on censorship regime. They're angry when Twitter doesn't censor enough all he could say about Trump was that some relatively unknown guy from the from like a cyber division in the Trump administration had contacted Twitter at the beginning of the pandemic. And supposedly we're supposed to think that these are the same thing. What was Trump doing? Directing his administration to censor the narrative that he's actually disseminating himself at press briefings? Doesn't make any sense. Well, and, and when we talk about that with, with President Trump, what what always amazes me, and if we go back to the Twitter files, you'll see this actually play out, is that when, I forget what it was, was it Talibi? 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 Talibi. Talibi said that it was not just the, the Democrats, but it was also the Republicans that were going to Twitter and asking for censorship, yet nobody's been able to find it because yeah. we don't, conservatives, good people, and I'll say on the right, good people, people that are in the center or right of center, and some that are good people don't think that way. They don't think about evil that way. They don't think about waking up. How can I screw with people? How can I shut people up? They're, they're interested in dialogue. They don't try to suppress people and, and bully people and intimidate them and, and chase them down. They just don't do it. It's just not, this is not how they're built. And that, that is, I think, the most the, the most pressing thing that came out of the Twitter files for me 
was that we're just not playing. We're not understanding who the enemy is. We, we're not understanding how they play game, play the ball, play golf, play ball. And we're trying to take the high road where these people are literally trying to murder everyone around us. <laughs> Frankly, you just have to change the rules without becoming what you're fighting against. Yeah. I mean, I don't, that, that's why I don't take the high road with these people on Twitter. I mock them relentlessly because that's the only way to get through to these people. You know, I talk often on my show about something I call the party of false decorum. And I think that, you know, I, I, I was trying to figure out what is it that's the common link between, you know, the, the wealthiest, most powerful people in the world, right? Like the George Soros's and Bill Gates, these types of people. Yeah. What is it that thinks them and uh, Hollywood celebrities and mainstream media and these big tech people, the people at the universities, and then also like our totally normie friends and neighbors, what are they all doing that's the same thing? And I think that what that is, is that they believe that the way to a successful and healthy, uh, uh, successful and happy life is to continually be advancing by impressing people who are higher on in some social hierarchy than they are. They're on the next rung up. So they need to impress that these people in order to be moved up. And so they're going to, uh, ultimately end up serving that power structure so that they themselves can move up and they don't care about people below them and they don't care about people who aren't playing that game. Exactly. And so when you're in that position, and I say this as a former atheist, by the way, you know, when you don't believe in God and you don't believe that there is an objective morality, or at least that we could strive toward an objective morality where we can firmly say that this thing is wrong because of this, and it is always wrong because of this. When you don't have that, when you're operating on a, a moral relativistic scale all the time, then all you have to say to yourself in order to ignore all this stuff is, oh, well, you know, I'm sure that they had a good reason, or maybe this was a mistake, or, well, you know, it's kind of a little bit in doubt. You know, like the, uh, the, the Kerry Lake trial, the decision that we just saw, all it requires is that that election is in doubt. And then that takes away any election integrity and the election should be rerun. Instead, she has to prove that there was an intentional scheme to defraud the election with a certain a very defined amount of votes. The, the, the whole thing, the way it is viewed is just, it's, it's a total inversion. It's a rigged game. It's a rigged game. Yeah. It's a rigged game. Well, and know, it, brings more up, it, it brings up uh, an interesting point. You know, when we talk about how they're rigging reality, like what are the two things that the mainstream media in general, because obviously there's there's a number of things. But right now, the things that really stick out to me are number one, Twitter files, and uh, two, Brazil. Like yeah. no one is talking about Brazil. In fact, you go on a lot of social media and I see people arguing with me or with people that I know, like that didn't happen, that it's World Cup footage. Like they've been arguing now for six weeks plus that Brazil has been has been out in the streets in, in and there's millions. and there's fire and fights there by the way not there's there's yeah. fights happening they think right it's now not happening. they think it's they think that all those people are out in the streets for the world, world cup, cup. Uh, they did it on yeah. twitter they had a whole thing <laughs> that these people were actually celebrating it for world cup i kid you not wow i haven't seen that i mean they went to the military bases to celebrate world cup absolutely <laughs> yeah a, that's, a month that's ago, what man. i would do ago, i mean yeah. go get my yeah. f16 these people will believe absolutely anything, anything, right? 
I mean, anything they're told, they will believe it. They wore two masks in the car by themselves, you know, and, and this is the sort of thing that I say on Twitter often. This is why you have to make fun of these people. If they're going to say stuff like that, right? They're demanding that you provide them with like this hard and fast proof that they're wrong. Hey, here's how you know you're wrong. You believed masks worked and you poisoned yourself for social credit. How about that? You believe Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes from his basement, increasing the total voter voter turnout in 2020, 20% over what was out in 2016 in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, that's because of mail-in voting. Oh, got it. Okay. I mean, if you're going to believe all that stuff, then you're not the sort of person that is capable of serious conversation. And so I'm not going to treat you that way. Well, <laughs> Chris, just so you know, I, qu- I question the everything, the census. There's not 330 yeah. million people in this country. There's about no. 245, 250 million people. Right. I could, I can go down the line and I can give you the mathematical reason sit- why I'm sorry. Certainly not citizens. No, no, no. But, but even if it's not citizens, it's not possible. It's not possible. The, if, if you just look at the constructs of how we, how we count bodies, mm-hmm. it's not possible to get to 330 million, 320 million people. You can't. You can't get there. You can't look at how, the, how, how we operate at, on a state-by-state basis and look at all of the uh, effective information out there and come to the conclusion it's 330 million people. There's not. It's off by 25 to 30% if you look at the social constructs that we have in, in different states. But beyond that, these people, I don't, I think, I think if you take away the bullhorn, which in large part has been happening in Twitter, if you mm-hmm. take away the bullhorn, if you take away the bots, you take away the, the Demcast, we got to talk about Demcast. Demcast is a, you know, it develops and takes one person's voice and makes it a million people's voice. If you take away all of the technology, I believe that they are less than 10% of the population even thinks like these people. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, so- I, I don't I don't doubt that at all. And I think that one of the most societally destructive things about election fraud is that that is like the hard evidence of who we are as a people, right? Yes. That's how we think of it. We go out on election day and we vote and we're supposed to just respect that number and deal with it. And we have been told now for decades that we are just this 50-50 country. It's a little more Democrats than Republicans or a little more Republicans than Democrats. And then we just have these independents and they can just go either way. That's not how the country is at all. At all. You know, it's 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 really, really not. And existing in Hollywood makes that stuff really clear because there is the public social narrative, the thing that you're supposed to say. You know all the things you can get in trouble for saying and no one says them. But then when you're with those people privately and you say one of the things that you're not supposed to say, well, then it turns out somebody else is like, oh, yeah, man. I'm glad you said it because that is totally right, but I can't say it or else else I'd be fired. And it's like, well, you can say that, make them fire you and then sue them. This is how we actually hold people accountable and make sure that everyone is abiding by the laws. If you're saying, hey, it's okay to violate the laws in the way you interact with me, then you're saying it's okay to violate the laws. And so people do have to speak up. But yes, I mean, we have... This thing has been totally inculcated now that we're 50-50 about this and that we're still 50-50 about this. We're like 70-30 just on election fraud. You know, if we actually get to have real conversations about the issues we care about, whether it's immigration or abortion or the economy or anything else, turns out 
pretty much everybody agrees with us in principle. They just won't go as far as us. They think that there's some half measure they can take so that they can still uh, maintain their relationships with all the people that hate Trump. You can't do that. You go all the way. Put down the flag where the flag belongs and see who rallies to that flag. Isn't that like it's just deeply sociopathic at its foundation, the way that people operate in that manner? And if you think about what you were talking about, about social hierarchies, because that really is, I think, I think you put that very well. Uh, that is why most people do a lot of things and they just don't mm-hmm. want to deal with the social pressure of, of like differing on almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, I truly feel a lot of the times like the population in general has been washed in psychopathy and sociopathy. And that's that's why we just see all these people walking around to varying degrees like robots. And there's you know, they hear the COVID and they go, OK, mask on. Yeah. Trump bad. Or they just sit there. It, it, it like kind of goes back to the, the Nazi ideology. And I hate making that too much, but. I mean, you're I sitting there watching evil, watching them repeat lies, and you're just like, okay, I'll just, I'll just go along with the programming. It's very Matrix, uh, you know. Well, you know, if you think about what, you know, we learn about in our history books about Nazi ideology and about communist regimes, like I made a little graphic that I always uh, look back to, but it's just a list. I'll, I'll, I'll n- name off a few, right? Things Nazis did. Censorship, propaganda, segregation, forced medical experimentation, eugenics to create superhumans. Well, we've got transhumanism. Funded and deployed Nazi armies. All of them are supporting a Nazi army in Ukraine right now. Concentration camps. We have active concentration camps in the world right now. Ethnic division and discrimination. False flag events to stoke hate. January 6th was our Reichstag fire. Persecution of political opponents. Stolen elections. Illegally changed laws. Imprisoning political opponents re-education, erasing history, changing words, famines, all of this is happening now. So people denying that that's what they're supporting, that stuff's crazy to me. I know you don't want to be supporting it, right? You don't think of yourself as a person who would support this stuff, but it's provable that you've supported it. And I can bring up every step of this and you will support it while I tell you what it is. So at what point do we say, oh, yeah, these people are just supporting Nazism. They're just supporting communism. I mean, these people are communists. They believe that the government is going to solve their problems and that we need to continue empowering the government until the government does. And all the mistakes of communism can be solved with more communism. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's like, it's like you keep taking the mic and just walking it over and be like this. Then you walk it over a little further and you're like this. And then you walk over a little further, I don't know, and you do this again. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. damn, damn, <laughs> damn. Hey, Joe, man, you know, when I, when I see you guys, when I get to come on Conservative Daily, this is, you know, this is, this is what I have to bring. Drop it. Drop that mic. Drop, drop it like it's hot. Drop, drop. Okay, so I got right, to hey. okay, ask go you more questions. I'm sorry. I, I got to ask this question because you just did an interview with Jordan last night. And you had mm-hmm. a conversation about the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fire, by the way. And, uh, and remember, we do have an excellent sponsor of the show, and that is Air Medicare Network. So today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medicare Network. 
And if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors or do uh, you know dangerous things like some of us like to do that may require some emergency medical attention, we all want to make sure that our family is protected in a medical emergency uh, and health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight if, in fact, you do need one. But with Air Medicare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, not only you, but your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, this is a super, super good deal, very low cost, and it's insurance that if you need it, you do want to make sure that you have it. I know people personally who have had to cover those costs, and believe me, they are very expensive. So simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and promo code is daily. Go check them out. We can see the plan. We know what they're saying. Yeah. You've all Noah Harari said, we got to figure out what to do with these billions of people who are useless humans. Yeah. <laughs> like we... This is a real thing. These like the wealthiest people in the world go there and they hang out with these demons and they in large part are demons and we're supposed to ignore it. We're supposed to and and they they say oh, things like more. they say things like we're oh we're just kidding. Oh that's just a social experiment. That's an art. There's a there's a website out there that talks about eating humans and they said that it was a art what do they say? Social art project. And I go, yeah, what is yeah. art about saying you want to eat people? Help me. That is something I cannot answer for you. Um, the World Economic Forum is a nightmare. This yeah. is like the, the public facing side of the regime. Their goal is to convince everyone that they're actually preparing a better world for all of us. You know, and that is, you know, in my atheistic days and in my um, my Democrat voting days, I was kind of a nihilist about this stuff, right? It's like, I do me, you do you. I'm not going to judge what other people do. That It's okay if they have these opinions. And if people are trying to bring something into the world and they're able to, well, that's okay. I mean, if it's not illegal, and no one's stopping them, then why aren't they allowed to do it, right? It's just kind of this uh, transactional sort of thing. When you actually understand what evil is, right? And it's not just something that like uh, some creepy dude in a white van grabs a kid or uh, some creepy guy rapes a woman or there's someone who, uh, a mother who murders her kids, right? We look at things like they're these individual instances of evil, and it's that person's fault. It's not the result of culture. It's not the result of anything else. And there's certainly never a system designed to create this sort of evil in the world. But we're talking about people whose goals are ostensibly evil. They actually do believe we need less humans. They think that this world will be perfect when it's just them on vacation all the time and a slave class that exists to supply the resources and everything they need to stay permanently on vacation. And before we move on, today's show is sponsored by Augusta Precious Metals. They help retirement savers use gold IRAs to diversify and hedge against this crazy economy. Augusta is different. They don't push fear and doom like some gold IRA companies. 
They're all about compliance, transparency, and educating people to protect their retirement. Augusta has thousands of five-star ratings and hundreds of great reviews. Their most famous customer, quarterback Joe Montana, loved the company's mission so much he's now their paid ambassador. Even Money Magazine says Augusta is the best gold IRA company. So don't get into a gold IRA nightmare. Protect your retirement savings with a reliable, transparent company. Get Augusta's free guide from their website. You can go to www.augustapreciousmetals.com. That is A-U-G-U-S-T-A preciousmetals.com. A company that puts its money where its mouth is. Love it. Get the Augusta Precious Metals free gold IRA guide at www.augustapreciousmetals.com and do something now about protecting your retirement. The, the, you know, we talk, we talk about being slaves. We talk about what the World Economic Forum says, that you have these global governors and they're trying to rewrite history as they walk through this process and create this, this dazed and confused, dazed and confused. And you have people, frankly, in Texas, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Abbott? No, eyeball guy. Uh, what's his name? Oh, that's terrible. Ken Crenshaw. Uh, <laughs> Crenshaw. <laughs> Who? Uh, Crenshaw. Uh, uh, oh, iPad guy. Eyepatch. Eyepatch. Eyeball guy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I so politically Dan. correct. Dan yeah, Dan. He went to World Economic Forum. And he's a, he's a squish too. And these people are, you start talking about all the people that are lining up everywhere i mean they're, they're lining up everywhere and going to the world economic forum to be a part of the the cool kids club and yet they're doing the biddings of these evil people not recognizing that there's only two things that can happen there's only two things that can happen one you become a slave or two you get to rise to the top and their deal is that they they're going to become gods among men yeah so how many gods among men do you think they're going to be? Because now you're talking about people wanting to have power and money and ultimate power over people. And it kind of reminds you of all the things you see with pedophilia and sexual crimes against you know, children, things that we're seeing happen and manifest today. There's only a certain number of spots open. And so people are literally helping people, helping these demons move along an agenda that is ultimately going to lead to their own demise. The craziest thing is that once you um, go down that path in the party of false decorum and you want to keep rising, right? If you are ambitious and you want to keep going up, the only way to do that eventually is through corruption and compromise. These people don't exist in a meritocracy. They exist in a transactional hierarchy. Right. And so once you reach certain levels people will begin to see that you're evil. They will no longer associate with you, but your circle can keep shrinking while you do continually more evil things and continue amassing more power because you're among those willing to be that evil, right? And so once you're corrupted or you're compromised, you can either continue doing that and stay in there knowing full well that you can be turned on at any point and just tossed off the island, right? Or you are just ended. And so a lot of people just keep going. And you see someone who's clearly incompetent, right? Like Katie Hobbs. But Katie Hobbs has made deals. And as long as those deals are still on the table, Katie Hobbs is going to continue doing what Katie Hobbs does. Because what is her alternative? Her alternative is to what? Uh, become a whistleblower and blow the whistle on all these people? And be killed, have her whole family killed. What deal, what, what is the punishment? What's the consequence for someone in a public position to go against the regime? 
And we see the consequences, right? We have seen these plenty of times. Powerful people can be removed. But the truth is, you're never getting in the club. All these people actually think that they can be in the club someday, but they can't be in the club. You should get out of that immediately and compete in the meritocracy. If our world wins, right, there is actually a chance for people to pursue the American dream and to be successful by doing things well. If we allow that world to win, then there is no actual winning for the vast majority of humanity. They want a slave class and they want the very top. They think they need 10% of the population that exists right now. Like they didn't make the Georgia Guidestones by accident. It wasn't like a band of squirrels got together and created those. You know, they're not just existing. Humans thought that up and did that. And so at some point we have to take them seriously about their agenda as they describe it for us. And they keep coming out and saying every time they get caught doing something else that, oh, that, you, you're just mistaken. That, that, that was just a joke. But it's not a joke. It's not a joke, but it's their way of, of explaining away or dismissing anybody's thoughts about the evil that they possess. And Can I respond to that really quickly and just yeah. maybe refine this? I want to I see if we're on the same page here, right? When they say this is a joke, it's never actually the person who said the initial thing. It's always right. everyone else covering for them, right? Yes. Oh, they couldn't actually have meant yes. it the way you're taking it. Really? What about Bill Gates makes you think that he's joking where he talks when he talks about vaccines being a high profit industry or when he talks about wanting the Earth's population to be limited? Which part of that is a joke? What you're saying to me is that you don't believe evil like that exists, even while it's staring you in the face. And if you're going to deny that evil, then you are giving that evil permission. And that's what the liberal mindset just cannot uh, come to terms with. So, so Chris, it's, fu it's funny you said that. I was in uh, countries in Africa that Bill Gates would come into, and he would use his vaccine and uh, vaccine policies, and they would create these experiments on people of Africa who have no voice. And I'm talking mm -hmm. about they have zero voice. And right. they would go into a village and they would inject them with these vaccines and they would sterilize every sing, single one of the women. Yeah. Every single one of them. And it would kill off 30, 40% of the men. And nobody said anything because there was nobody to tell. There was nobody to yeah, tell. And they, were, and they were doing all of that to save everyone from AIDS, which was Fauci's playbook. You know, what they are doing in Africa is horrifying. And when you look at how this uh, coronavirus pandemic um, manifested itself and now what the vaccine is doing, you can see a pretty clear plan, right? So when COVID first came out, who were we told that was most susceptible to COVID? Now, we know that this virus is specifically designed and that they can design these viruses to target individual characteristics. And so who does this, uh, who does the virus affect? The old, the obese, and black people. That's what we were told. And right. we went along with that narrative, thinking, oh, that's no big deal because it came from a bat. Well, no, it came from a lab and this is who it targets. So those people are killed off immediately, especially with the hospital protocol, which we know causes death. 
then they get the vaccine into everyone, right? And so that'll kill a lot of the working age population, people our age. I know that there's, you know, excess death in our age group. Thankfully, we are all still here. I imagine that none of us got vaccinated. And then they're trying to put it in little children, knowing that there are reproductive consequences for from the vaccine. So what have they done? They've eliminated uh, people like the old neobese who strain the healthcare system that they have put in place. And they're eliminating black people as always, because that's what they like to do. Yeah. Bill his dad used to run Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood was designed as a eugenics operation by Margaret Sanger. And these facts aren't in dispute, right? So they kill those people, people who have probably already just had kids, kill a little bit of them, but they're going to have severe health consequences probably later in life. Their immune systems are better set up than the obese or the, uh, or the elderly. And now the kids might not be able to have children and reproduce. You couldn't design a better depopulation program than that. And we're denying it because we can't imagine that these people in power in our world could actually be that evil and that we have been subject to this. But we just have to accept it because there's no way to get past it if you don't accept it. You know, the people who got the vaccine, they're all, they, they don't want to hear about how the vaccine is bad. It's like, hey, understand that you made a mistake. Your best chance of reversing this mistake is accepting that it was a mistake, accepting that this mistake could have severe consequences, and then doing whatever you can to counteract and reverse that mistake. It's not just denying it forever. So, I, you know, I don't get it, but... If it's not a depopulation program, it shouldn't look so much like one. Well, and, and that's... Go ahead. Sorry, Paul. Go ahead. So I just want to go back to when we're talking about depopulation. So, And it's hugely important because I think very clearly, if anything has been made very clear, uh, it's that massive corruption at a scale that general society did not want to admit existed. And this goes back mm -hmm. to the existence of evil and people who are willing to do that and powerful people who are willing to do that. But the depopulation agenda, like you brought up the Georgia Guidestones, you look at those African examples where they were uh, sterilizing people. Uh, like there are studies going back to the 60s and 70s. And I've read them on the show before. Verbatim, we are looking to use beta HCG in vaccines. This is the purpose and what was studied in these papers 60 plus years ago to temporarily or permanently sterilize women, particularly women, with vaccines. This is literally what the studies say. And this is World Health Organization, this is Bill Gates. The history of the last you know, 50, 60 years is replete with these UN and World Health Organization people going over to Africa, coming in, finding all, all the people there, injecting them with stuff, and they'd come in the white coats and people would run. Like the, mm -hmm. there is a massive amount of writing about this. They would run and hide their children. They would hide in the bushes to get away from these people because they knew what they were doing. And here we are now in 2020, and there's still this myth that this is like good humanitarian work being done by these people. Uh, so like the history is already there. It's very, very clear that they've been studying these things. And now the push on children, you look at what they did with Event 201. They just in October had the new one, Catastrophic Contagion, it's like all of these things are very clearly signaled. Uh, so I don't understand how, how people don't get the message. But I have one question about this this whole idea, and it wraps into the Twitter files as well. Like you, You've talked, and I think you did on CanCon's show uh, a few days ago as well, 
uh, about like if there's a plan, right? Mm -hmm. If there's some plan, if there's some orchestrated media, uh, you know, concert that's trying to drip on people, uh, and and I weigh both ways because a lot of the reservations that you have, I've you know, we've voiced on the show as well. Like, why are they doing that? It a hundred percent seems artificial how they're rolling out this information. It's very artificial, and I think even a cursory glance shows that. So either way, if it's artificial, there is some kind of plan. Is it good or bad? I think that's really the only question. Uh, and it comes down to if there's a plan, what is the outcome that is being sought by that plan? Is it to get people to figure out the reality that they've been uh, living within isn't exactly what you know they've been told? And that, yes, evil exists? Because there's, there's two ways that people can make a, a massive change in how they perceive the world and how they operate. One is boil the frog. So it could be a reverse boil the frog because that's the Hegelian dialectic, the problem reaction solution that they've been using on us for, for decades now. Or you have a paradigm shift. And a paradigm shift is very difficult, especially the one in which we're talking about because you have to go from essentially, when it comes to these large schemes to control the population, you either have to go from kind of a butterfly effect view of the world, which is what they want us to believe, unless it's white supremacy or something like that. Then, oh yeah, totally. There's there's this like deeply, uh, in you know, ingrained culture that just wants to oppress people. Uh, but in terms of politics, it's like butterfly effect, and we just fumble the ball and we try our best, but no one can work together. Uh, and you have to go from that to the entire system is very very well coordinated and all designed to essentially kill you and steal everything and uh, control every facet of your existence. That's a massive paradigm shift, and frankly, I think would if that happened in the population right now, it would cause mass psychosis. You would have mass suicide. You would have very big problems. So that that's what I see as kind of the outcome. But then, mm -hmm. does that lead to the people standing up, or is it like you know, oh, the military is going to come in and do it, which I don't believe. The way I think of it is this: you know, I, I firmly believe that what they have done over the last however many decades is they have opened up a totally false reality. And there are people who exist in a false reality, a totally different reality than we are perceiving every day. They go through life with a set of priorities that are generally unrecognizable. I don't recognize my priorities from five years ago. You know, I went to college. I was indoctrinated in the American education system. I was um, totally, uh, well, maybe not totally, certainly less than others, but invested in the system of credentialism that, you know, reflects that hierarchy <clears throat> within the party of false decorum. You know, you respect people because they're doctors, right? You respect people because they're the expert. Sorry. <clears throat> now you can't. Right, now you can't, right? And in the real reality, you would never do that. You would want to verify. Credentials aren't enough to uh, to warrant your belief. And so we do need to move out of that. There has definitely been a psychological operation, a military-grade psychological operation. If anyone doubts that at this point, they're crazy. I mean, it says it in the Twitter files drops, right? We had the Department of Defense and other federal agencies running a PSYOP against the American people. So how do we get out of that? because they initially controlled all the means of information. And controlling the means of information is how you open up and then continually confirm a false reality. And so they not only remove us from reality in terms, in, in the sense that they have 
lied about what that reality is, but they also mess with our sense of time, right? We get an initial story that is false, and then they'll give us the real story a couple years later. And by that point, a lot of these people are pretty invested. It's, it's down to their identity. It has become part of people's identity that Joe Biden actually did win. And for them to reverse that position, they have to deal with the fact of what they've said and done and how they've treated people over these last few years. And so rather than apologizing and trying to reverse all of that, it's easier for them to simply say that they still don't believe it and it's because of this and this and this. And they might even know by this point that they will not be taken seriously in certain audiences by saying those things, but it's still better than the alternative, which is admitting that they were wrong and then trying to make amends with all these people. And so what they choose to do is remain in the past about this issue, right? And so if you do that about every single issue in your life, then you exist literally in the past. Like what we talk about is the future for all of these people, even though we're just observing reality. And it shouldn't be that way. It's crazy that it is that way, but it still is that way. And so to be able to talk to those people or to be able to get them out of that, you have to like deal with them on multiple different levels. So if they have a plan, which they certainly do, and they tell us about their plan, right? They tell us everything that they want to do to the world and how they want to change it. We know that there is this element that is resisting that. We know that this resistance element knows their plan. And we know that the resistance element is smart enough to still be actively resisting and actually gaining ground on this thing, that requires a plan, right? So ultimately, I think to answer your question, we need this process of awakening. And once people get to that point, once people actually take on the moral weight of what they have done, like I've said many times, I think that I was basically existing on house money in Hollywood for a long time, like my social status, my friend circle, my job, my access, all the perks I got. I was living on all that, right? And I just, I was just riding this cloud. And that stuff, I, I didn't deserve that stuff, right? I got that stuff from different moves I made in my life, but I didn't deserve it in any important sense. And so when you understand that you've been playing on house money the whole time, and then you realize, wait a second, this is all a lie. Like maybe my whole life is a lie. You actually have to retrace and go back to the beginning. You can't just jump to the other track, right? You have to go all the way back where you came from and then start walking the other path. And I hope that I'm doing that. But if everybody chooses to do that as they wake up or 60% or 70% or 80% of the country chooses to do that, and they all do it in in a way that is in accordance with their individual character traits and their skills and their talents, whatever else, then what we have there is an, Amer is an American renaissance. That's how I think this thing actually builds, right? People have to get back to that point where they begin making moral decisions again. And their moral decisions are based on the fact that they are interfacing with reality and they are drawing meaning from reality. And once you've drawn meaning from reality rather than from the narrative, you're able to take that meaning and figure out how to respond in accordance with that with that meaning and in accordance with uh, reality and with morality and with with goodness. Ultimately, I think that people you keep dropping mics. I keep dropping all the shit in front of me because I can't pull my mic off. I'm like this. Jesus. Well, the funny thing, man, is and I like that part, but. You know, for me, again, as an atheist, I go through these steps, right? And then I take the Trump pill and I'm like, you guys lied about everything Donald Trump. Donald Trump is telling the truth. He's telling the truth about everything. And then you, you get to the point where you're like, oh, wow, 
I was wrong about absolutely all of it. I want to figure out why I'm wrong and not be wrong anymore. And I have found that experience to be one of the most joyful experiences of my life. It's made me fascinated in all the things that I thought I knew and didn't know. And one of those things that I reconsidered was my atheism. And I realized, hey, I was wrong about all that stuff. None of the things that I thought in my scientific materialist worldview actually make sense at all. And all the people telling me those things are clearly liars. So what else is there, right? And then you get to God and then you're like, wow, I really need to figure out a way that I am at least at the very minimum trying to do things that I can morally justify and be proud about. And I think especially when you're going to take on a public role or speak in public like all of us do, you got to understand that you're going to be attacked and the only way that you can like justifiably and realistically protect yourselves fr from those attacks is to live well and to say things that are right and true and to treat people well. Because I assume that somebody's going to get all my computer files, all my phone files, all my text messages, everything from my entire history. And I'm going to have to stand there and take it and be able to say, you know what? That was a mistake. I'm trying to do better. You know what? You're calling me out on that thing. I didn't do that thing. And I'm not taking responsibility for that. You have to be able to stand there and take it. The only way to do that is to live well. I I don't I mean Ugh. I want to just I want to go buy boxes of mics just so that because <laughs> <laughs> because Chris speaking the truth from the perspective of understanding it from both sides I often tell yep. people that that I understand being poor because I grew up poor and I understand wealth because I was able to do things to create personal wealth I also understand how to lose it when you get in a fight with the radical left. It, it does it does it does even itself out when you get sued and it you know it does get to the place where you're like okay well i'm not i'm i'm not gonna have a hearse with a u-haul behind it when i die that's good um but i i listen to what you're saying and you're balancing what people have told you versus the credibility they now have which mm. is none zero and so it makes you question everything about your life everything and when you get to that place, it's very freeing, by the way. I, I bet you you feel like it's, it's a huge weight off of you. Absolutely. Losing all of those people, it was very difficult at the beginning because you're getting attacked. And when you're in the party of false decorum, right? And, you know, you were saying you understand being poor. I understand being an elitist, okay? And when you are playing in that realm, your reputation is everything. And so when people start destroying your reputation in public, this is the thing that you've worked so hard to preserve, right? People saying bad things about you, that can just destroy your world because other people are seeing them. And then other people are thinking, oh, wait, is that really who he is, right? So you go through that and it's absolute torture for the first little while. And then it turns out that you know who all your real friends are, the people who actually pay attention to you, who actually trust you, who actually care about you. And you're like, wow, I actually did not need all of those other people. Like 10 years ago, I had 5,000 numbers in my phone, right? That was my life. I was keeping in touch with literally hundreds of people a day because that was my career and my <sighs> lifestyle. Yeah, you got to get rid of it. And it's so much better after you do. Uh, but 
But yes, man, to be able to see it from that side, like I can jump right back into my liberal brain and understand what is driving these communists to say the things that they are saying right now. And you know what it is. It's coming from deep character issues, which, by the way, I had. I say these things all the time. Everything that I criticize online is something that I used to do myself. Okay. And so I can either say I used to do these things and I am I have no place to to speak out about this stuff because it used to be me or you can speak out about it and allow them to say, hey, that used to be you. And the answer to that is, yeah, yeah. it did. You know what? I figured out it was wrong and yeah. I'm trying to make it right. And I'm also trying to point out to all of you who are doing the same things for the same reasons that you can step away from that, too. You know, I used to sell drugs when I was a kid. Big drugs, though. I, I believed in selling the big, big, you know, poundage. So I was I was a distributor because <laughs> I was always an entrepreneur. So just call me a distributor. I'd like to do it one shot. Here, I'm going to drop this off to you. You're going to give me my five grand. I'm going to move on about my day. I was good. I was a mule. I, I liked it until I w woke up to the idea that I was adversely affecting somebody else's life, and I grew this conscience. And then, you know, I, I talk about, I call it the weight of God, that God puts his weight on you. And when he does, it's hard to ignore because you can't run away from it. You wake up in the morning thinking about it. And it, 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 I want to say this because I think it's important. In 2020, I had no interest in politics. I had no interest in talking about any of this. I thought people that were involved in politics. Now, I supported conservative issues because I was a Christian conservative, but I sat on all the far left boards. I, I gave money to lots of organizations that, frankly, today I wouldn't give them five cents. I was the guy that lived the life. And in 2020, I still didn't have any interest in stepping in this fight. Then my friend died. Mm. And I saw all the foolishness. This is in March of 2020. And I saw businesses around me burn. Mm -hmm. And here I am making money. Doesn't affect me. It's not affecting me. I'm going to go on to sell my company for hundreds of millions of dollars. And I look around, I'm like, what is going on here? Mm. Yeah, I got to say something. This is, this is communist. I remember this in the, in the Middle East and Africa. They, they played this story there first. They bring it here. And when I did, that is when I discovered that I didn't give a shit about reputation. I don't care. I care less. And they, that I like the road less traveled because it's the righteous road. And when, you know, the, the last two years have been a blessing, a curse, but a blessing, because it's never easy when you have this great reputation, you're doing amazing things, you're going to be able to sit and drink Mai Tais, even though I don't drink much anymore, for the rest of your life. And now all of a sudden you got to follow, you got to follow the path of God. And, and frankly, it's, it's lonely at first, because you had all these people, right? Kind of like you had all these people around you telling you how great you are. Now all of a sudden you're, you're. You're, you're always been authentic. You're following Jesus. But now you're like, Jesus is like, and this is for me, not from you. I don't know what your faith walk is. I am going to pray for you before you get off this podcast. But, um, but I, I started to realize that I wasn't living. I was, I was surviving, but there was no life. There was nothing I was giving back. There's no legacy that I was building and no, no test of character. It was easy for me. And now here I am. And now here you are. You're, you're fighting against the grain. You're, you're swimming upstream. And yeah. You're like, thank you, daddy. Can I have another? <laughs> I, man, I, I, I remember um, in 
June of 2020, I think, I donated to the Trump campaign and got a Keep America Great hat. And I hadn't taken a selfie in like seven years because I hate selfies. And I put on that uh, Keep America Great hat and a pair of sunglasses and sat up on the, the roof of my apartment building and took this selfie and put it out and said, I welcome your hatred. And that you was quite it. a ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you remember the reopen movement? California, Colorado, Wyoming, Texas, Michigan. Remember the reopen movement? No, I'm not sure I do. Remember they closed everything down? So there was the reopen Colorado, there was reopen Michigan, there was reopen California, where they had this movement that went across the country saying reopen our small businesses. Oh, okay. Remember that? This is during COVID, you mean? No, I don't, I don't remember it, but yeah, go ahead. So it was this huge movement. Tens of thousands of people would show up on the streets and say, to, to, to protest. Do you know who started that movement? You? I did. Nice work. And I'd started spreading it to other states, and I started standing up, and I hated it. I hated every bit of it. I hate, you know, I just didn't care. I didn't care. It became this thing where I'm like, why? I felt like a puppet. Like, wh what am I doing? Why am I saying these things? And then Antifa and BLM came on the, on the scene. And let me tell you something. These lying sacks of trash, burning down communities, killing little kids in the street, all for, you know, some drug dealer that had been arrested 29 times. I couldn't do it anymore. At that point, I was like, oh, it's on. I don't really care anything about business anymore. What I want to do is I want to just choke these guys out. <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, man. I mean, I was friends with all the people who thought they were solving racism by posting a black square on Instagram. So oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's kind of like the Ukrainian flag. They, they attacked me because I came out. I was... I did a bunch of research, called people in Ukraine, talked to my friend who's Russian. And I'm like, it doesn't seem right. Something's not right. And Max, who was a co-host, said, that's it. I can't believe, because I said, I support Russia. I support, I know too much about NATO. I know too much about what was happening there with Ukraine killing their own people. I had too much information. I go, the, the bio labs, all the other stuff. And everyone was like, Joe, you're full of it. They wrote articles all over the world about me being pro-Russia, <laughs> right? I was like, I'm not pro-Russia. I'm just anti-Ukraine. I, I feel for the people there. Yeah. These people are evil. This is the this is the devil's playground. So anyway, mm -hmm. I found myself in the last two years kind of like you on the outside looking in, looking at the lie, and just wondering why people aren't poking the lie more and saying, well, I can tell it's a lie. Why the yeah. hell? What are we doing here? Yeah. I still have I still have that moment whenever one of these new issues comes out where I'm like, oh man, do I really have to say this in public now? Like at the beginning of the, the Ukraine war. It's like I do I really have to be the guy that that like or you know, obviously one of the guys that uh comes out and says, Hey guys, this is bullshit. You know, while like yeah. Fox News is pumping up like Russia's evil, Vladimir Putin is invading. No, there's an ethnic civil war that's been raging for the last eight years against people of Russian ethnicity along Russia's border from a regime that was installed after a coup that the United States caused. So you can't believe the same people when they tell you, oh, no, no, don't worry. Those aren't Nazis over there. The way you know they're not Nazis is because their leader is Jewish and he's a Jewish guy that we approve of. 
oh, so Nazis are okay as long as they're being led by a Jewish person you approve of. Did you check with all Jewish people about whether or not they're okay with that? Because that doesn't sound quite right. Apollo, you look like you're going to say something. We would get in a no, lot of trouble, Chris. Me and you would get strong. banned from everywhere. We would get banned from everything. We'd just get banned from everything. I just, it'd be I like band hammers band. everywhere. I'm just enjoying the the crap out of this. You know what I love about, about you when you speak, Chris, is that you just like dive into whatever you're talking about. There, you know, there, there are some people. And, and so here, let me just really quickly, uh, what you were speaking about your... Uh, you know, where you came from and your, your leftist mind. Like, I don't have that experience because he's still, I, I, I'm still, yes, I'm still a hardcore <laughs> leftist right now, actually. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, like I did, I never really got into the leftist mentality very much, like a little bit. Uh, I was raised, but we were, we were moderate and like raised Christian, but I woke up, woke up, whatever that means really young because I was like 10 years old, watched 9-11 happen. I was already an anti-vaxxer by the time I was like seven because I almost died, which is a story in and of itself. But uh, like I was almost a SIDS baby. Uh, first first kid, I'm the oldest of six. Um, it, it was like a pattern in my family. And uh, so I was already kind of nuts. Like when I kids were making volcanoes in elementary school, I was like, I wrote papers about uh, food additives. <laughs> That was like what I did in, in uh, third, fourth grade. This is not is a lie. kind of funny. I think back this is me. not a lie. I've met his whole family. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. Wait, did I lose the audio? <laughs> now you're good. I can't hear you, Joe. We, we, yeah, he's trying to get hear me. Are you screaming? I actually can't hear anything. You can't hear anything? We can hear you. What's going on? Wait, Greg, can you actually not hear us? Oh. That was a stupid question. We can hear you. Yeah. All right, this is good. I have All right, no can you hear me? You guys... We can hear you. We we can hear you. Just keep talking. We'll just keep making fun of you while you're talking. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time with it. Now he's glitching a little bit. Yeah, what do you what, what happened? Is he going out and coming back in? I think he might be. Is he going out and coming back in? He's he's back. Uh, he's, yeah. No, he's okay. Okay, is okay, he... I can hear you now. All right, you can hear. Sorry, you. Okay. I don't know what Perfect. just happened. We were making okay. fun of you, so uh, it's okay. Everything was great. I you figured just, you were. I, I could tell from your face. I knew you were making I, fun of me. I said nothing that you said is actually untrue. It's absolutely true. I've met your family, and you you absolutely were doing like food additives and vaccines and all sorts of other stuff at six. Yeah, I was very I was a very cool kid in in uh, in elementary school. But anyways, I I uh, and it's actually when you speak about the way that you used to act and how you used to perceive the world from when I was you know very young before I was ten and then. 10 years old, 9-11 happened, and then I immediately became a truther, and then I lost all my friends, and I was forever a weird kid, and I got into all kinds of things that uh, people typically don't get into at that age. But I saw the world as evil, and like I, I this you know cabal, we didn't call it that back then, but I saw that very young, and I lost, um, I lost a lot of hope for the world, and I, be I really became like kind of blackpilled very young. And so... I see a lot of people and they, they adopt this psychopathic kind of behavior and worldview because that's truly what they're inculcated with. I didn't really see that. 
And I'm almost more ashamed of how I ended up for several years of my life because I saw the world as evil and I adopted this mentality that if I'm going to survive in this world, I have to become evil. And it, it, it was really a dark, like 10 years of my life. It really was. Um, yeah, that makes a lot so of sense, in, in a lot of, yeah, in, in a Sorry. lot of ways, the, uh, no, 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 you're fine. Just, just the, my last point on that. In a lot of ways, this has been very freeing for me because it became so ingrained in me not to like speak. And so I would like social interactions, everything was a game to me. Uh, and like, why I really never thought I got involved doing some really stupid stuff because I was very fatalistic. Uh, I was very terrified for the future. And I just got really comfortable being terrified at like what I saw happening in society and all the messaging. And like now that I'm here, because I was saying literally 10 years ago, they're going to come force vaccines, bring in all these weird agendas. And now it's here. And it's like, what was I afraid of? Uh, and it's very freeing now because all of a sudden I see that there's value in participating in life. And it, it makes me have a lot of hope for all those people who have been, you know, who have had the wool pulled over their eyes. It, it's a, it's a very freeing feeling. And I, I do see a massive opportunity for us to save, if you want to use that word, uh, an unbelievable amount of people in our country and across the world. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, I would say that it sounds like you were, you know, unavoidably like fully connected to reality through that experience of almost having died. Right. So, you know, for me and for a lot of my peers, I don't think many of them ever had an experience like that, or maybe they did when they were young and they tried to figure out a way that everything could be perfect. And you, you look for answers from culture and you're taught that the only way that things are going to get better is once you get all the stuff, right? Once you have outcompeted everyone, you have the uh, most beautiful girlfriend in the biggest house in the nicest place. You get to spend all the most time, you know, you get to spend the most time on vacation. You have a great car. It's like all of these things that you're chasing, inside the false reality they can never actually make you happy and so you only accumulate more things while you're getting like a, a greater tolerance to all of these things you just keep needing more of whatever the experience is until you just end up understanding well okay i've gotten all this stuff i've had all these experiences i'm still not happy why is this and it seems like there's nothing else i could possibly stand to gain from this and in la people pursue all sorts of like weird new fad faith traditions like uh all the new age stuff they'll do like um what is it uh kabbalah or go to these strange churches or practice scientology and through these new um you know spiritual practices they'll think that they've given their life more meaning and they'll advertise it to everyone else hey guys i'm a vegan you've got to try it it's made my life so much better it's like, okay, well, none of these are actually the answer. And until you're going to reattach to reality and understand that the only way you're going to get satisfaction out of this life is trying to live the right way. I mean, Aristotle said thousands of years ago that excellence is a habit. You actually have to practice being excellent. And through that practice of excellence, you might not, you might not become Michael Jordan, but you might end up doing the best thing that you can possibly be doing and fulfilling your potential and your purpose in whatever way that is. And so, I mean, for me, that's the process I try to focus on at this point. And it sounds like, you know, you had a period 
of, uh, you know, a lack of faith through that black pill thing, but never actually lost touch with, with reality and whatever it is that may, has made you found that, find that faith again. Thank God for that, right? You know, honestly, it was my family um, mm, because I, I totally, and I was raised Christian, but I'm the, mm. I'm the oldest of six. And I, that's the one thing that I really do think saved me is I'm very close with my family. And, you know, we have our problems because everyone does. But I, I do have a strong sense of family and we're Greek. That's a very big part of our culture. Uh, if it weren't for my siblings, I, I would have totally lost myself. And I, and I came close a few times. Uh, but there was always this like piece of me that, no, I, I can't like completely go off the reservation because, you know, I'm a role model and I have my siblings. So there was always that those those strings that were kind of holding me, uh, you know, holding me from going over the edge. Which is, I mean, that that's a blessing. If if I'm blessed for anything, it's that because I honestly don't know. Uh, I don't know where I would be if I if I if I didn't have them. I, th I really believe I would have totally lost it. Yeah, amen to that, man. He kind of still did lose it because look where he ended up on Conservative <laughs> Daily. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we're we're out of time. So, Chris, I'm going to give you the last. We're going to do this again. We're going to just wrap again. Absolutely. But you got to come up on a Friday. You got to come on a Friday because we do fun day Fridays mm -hmm. and we just trash and make fun of the left in a way that is just unholy. <laughs> I'm I am happy to I'm happy to join you on that. And it it is fun. But you might actually wet your pants because it gets funny. And we grab all the greatest things. We 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 ridicule pretty much everyone on the left. Biden is a really easy target, but there's others that that we enjoy breaking down. The my favorite leftists to target right now are people like Ben Shapiro. Oh, yes. 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 My <laughs> man. Hold on. Mic drop. Is it mic drop? Mic drop. Holy crap. Let's just go. <laughs> How about, all right. So can I say, can I, I you, know, you ever take the guy that takes it way too far? That's uh, okay. So, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, so Ben, uh, he's like three feet tall. Right? Yeah. So you, you kind of step over him. Uh, but my issue with this whole movement that we have is that there's a lack of authenticity. There, mm -hmm. There's a lack of truly just speaking truth, unfettered truth. You got Ben Shapiro. You got guys that, frankly, that upset me, like Charlie Kirk, because they, they teach people in the fishbowl. But they don't equip them. They're not teaching them push-ups and sit-ups and things that they need in order to be equipped to go out there and fight evil. Evil is evil. It is, mm -hmm. it, it is pretty. We've got to get to a place where we start equipping people with lack, not talking heads, but with what we can do. Like, how do we overcome this? How do we work the problem? And we have to work the problem, not from a position of I'm a victim, but work the problem from the position of we just need to learn the power of the word no and speak truth. And we're just not doing it. We're not, we're not, we want to run past the First Amendment where they say you can't speak to the Second Amendment. But yet we're not willing to speak. We, we know truth, but we don't speak truth. But we want to run by not speaking truth because we're ashamed that they might come down on us and run to our gun because violence will solve everything. And I personally don't think we have to get there. I'm prepared for it. But I think the first thing we have to do is we have to start speaking truth and letting, stop letting other people speak for us. 
Yeah, I, I said on Twitter the other day, you know, it's strange to me that we are afraid of the regime while we can see that the regime is afraid of us, right? Nothing the regime, the regime feels, fears nothing more than it fears the people. And knowing that, if you are still afraid of the regime, it's like you're asking them to destroy you. You know, they cannot defend themselves against everyone speaking the truth at the same time. They depend on people going along with their system. When people stand up and call it out, especially in mass, that's how the regime gets destroyed. There's no sense in being afraid of something that is afraid of you. Yeah, by the way, Ben Shapiro has a um, voice for radio. Just kidding. <laughs> He doesn't have a voice. He came out and admitted that it was a bad idea for him to have been promoting the vaccine to all his listeners. And he said it was the fault of the experts. But implicit in what he's saying, and the thing that people aren't really fully grasping, is that what he admitted in saying that was that he didn't check and that his doctor wife didn't check. They just accepted the word of the experts they chose and they right. made the convenient decision if he had checked he would have seen experts on the other side saying you don't need this it hasn't been tested it's not safe it's not effective there's no reason to get it and you are making a life or death decision without thinking about life or death and ben shapiro just skipped that process entirely he's now admitted he was wrong because of someone else and he should just be able to carry on with his reputation and still tell people what to think it's mind-boggling that anyone well, who believes that so so i want to talk about this really quick and then i'll give you the last thought but the, the 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 problem that i have is that they don't do the hard work they are talking heads somebody hands them a piece of paper they are not thought leadership they are the people that that tell people what to think if you're controlled opposition what to, to speak because if they would they would have gotten to the same conclusion that the elections were stolen and it's in the machines and in the mail-in ballots because look i've done research up one side, down the other. There's so much evidence that our elections are fixed and the machines are designed to defraud the American people. You can't argue with me. because, And I've asked them to, come on the show. I'll put a million dollars up. If you can tell me that what I have does not actually prove that there's election fraud inside the machines, period. And they won't. Yeah. Nobody will come. No, that's a bet, by the way. That means they have to pay me once they hear my stuff. So the other part is, is that somebody just said this, and I want to I want to read this. Joe, please listen to Charlie Kirk when he talks about Jesus Christ with no politics. He reaches many young people through his teachings. He is an authentic Christian. So let me just say this: Liberty prevails. I want to say this. When is the last time that you could have a conversation about Jesus and separate it from politics? When they've made everything political? When is it that you can have a conversation and? and create an idea of what it means to follow Jesus while you let people suffer among you. And when can you do that when you ignore all the terribleness that's happening and try to give people hope based on painting them a picture that doesn't exist? So I don't have a problem with, with Charlie Kirk being a Christian. I don't have any problem with it. I have a problem with authenticity, and I have a problem with people doing the hard work and standing up for what's right and, and trying to say that they are the way and the light not that one, God is the, the way and the light, and two, that we're gonna get anywhere without the people, power in numbers, people standing up and standing in the gap. Because without the people, talking heads will get nothing done. We've lost the apparatus of government. 
Without the people standing up and doing something, we've lost all of it. So I don't care how much of a Christian he is. You're leading young people into a place of false hope, not equipping them with the tools that are necessary. And if you don't equip young people with the tools that are necessary and you give them faith, it leads to their destruction. It doesn't make them, lo- it doesn't make them strong leaders. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's my last part. No, I mean, you're right. I, I, uh, I don't have a, a real problem with Charlie Kirk, but I... I look for warning signals, right? Like if you don't talk about how elections are actually stolen and you're one of those conning people talking about how what we need to do is ballot harvest better than the Democrats, then you've missed something critical. And that's that it's not the Democrats doing this. It's the regime doing it. It's the uniparty doing it. They control the system. They control the voter registries. They control the printing of ballots, the collection of ballots, the casting of ballots, and the counting of ballots. And then they control the courts that adjudicate this stuff afterwards. So you can't out-harvest that. And so until these people on our side begin to address that, then they're pointless to me. And, you know, my litmus test has always been whether or not you talk about stolen elections. You can break down all of media on that issue alone, and you will have a high degree of accuracy about who's telling the truth. 100%. 100%. Well, I'll give you the final thought, and I do want to say thank you for coming on, and then you don't get to escape my prayer. I pray after every show, and so I'm going to pray for you, and uh, if you'll let me, and uh, yeah, I just appreciate you coming on, and I want to make it more regular. I want to definitely, you're like my brother from another mother, like my spirit. Uh-huh. Well, let's yeah, make it Chris, happen. Yeah, Chris, I freaking bro. love this. This is awesome. Yeah, Apollo, I mean, thank you for hitting me up yesterday, man. I was excited to see the message. Um, always happy to come on. Uh, and so thank you guys for happening, uh, for having me. If anyone wants to follow my stuff, my sub stack and writing are, my podcast is actually on the sub stack. I'm your moderator.substack.com at, at I'm your, God, I can't talk right now at I'm your moderator on pretty much all social media, including now Twitter, which is, I promise an entertaining experience that you might also find offensive and uh, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator for everything else. Well, I got to tell you, um, there's. I'm going to put it all in the comments as well. If you could do that, Mr. Producer. Um, yeah, the Substack is awesome too. Look, everything that you put out is is pretty much fire. I follow you guys pretty regularly, and uh, you know, I'd love to have you on again, and uh, we can, especially on Friday because we could have. Oh my gosh, let's Fun do it. It will be. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pray for you, Paul. You want to say anything before I go to, go to prayer? Oh, no, I'm good. No, good? I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here to get today. Thank you for Chris. Thank you for the fight that he, he takes to the evil that has consumed our society every day. Thank you for his conviction. Thank you for giving him the courage and the stamina to stand up. Thank you, Father, for giving him the wisdom and the discernment. Thank you for allowing him to speak, and thank you for opening the ears of those that would listen. Father, I would just ask you to put a blessing over Chris, over the things that he does, bless his finances, bless his heart, bless his mind. I would ask you to bless his health, Father. I would ask you to calm the, the contention that may exist and as we all face it. Father, I would ask you to give him the ability to lead from the front while protecting him 
at every angle. Father, I would ask you to give him the stamina and the courage to stand up, but also the ability to combine and work with others so that he can empower others and grow. I'll I'll call it a fraternity of things, but to grow a group that is able to take on this cabal, take on this, this absolute evil that has infiltrated every part of our society. Father, I stand among those men that will stand next to him. Father, I ask you to bless his family, to watch over his family, to keep them safe, to allow them to have peace and joy and to enjoy each other. And as we go into 2023, Father, I would just ask you to bless those that are listening, bless Chris, bless Apollo, that we may make it a year of reckoning, that we may come together and defeat this evil. Now, it may not happen in 2023. We are not disillusioned by the amount of time or effort it is going to take or the sacrifice. Father, I would just ask you to bless us with the ability to get through the hardest part and see the blessings that come from focusing on restoration, Father, bringing you back to our community. Father, thank you again. And I would just ask you to please watch over us as we go about this entering in a new year, that we may enjoy our family, enjoy our friends, and look forward to the things that come in 2023. Ask for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, brother. Thank you, Joe. That was beautiful. Until next time, Warrior Up. I'm going to be going and buying some mics when you're on next time. I'm going to start throwing like foam mics in the air. <laughs> we're, we're going to get the emoji that mics have just dropped in front of you like rain. Perfect. Oh, I'll make that happen. <laughs> yeah, Apollo will. All right. God bless you, Chris. Until next time. Bye-bye. See you, Dude, he's so much fun to have around. Yeah. And yeah. he and the work that he's done has been nothing short of amazing. And he digs in. And he's not afraid to talk about the things of where he came from. And he's authentic. So it's Well, uh, and he's authentic cuz he'll talk about anything. Like mm-hmm. I've I've listened to several uh I mean, I've listened to a number of uh of interviews and shows that he's done. Uh he's one of those people that it doesn't matter what you're talking about, he'll just jump in and assume okay well what if what if yeah there are a lot of people works the problem in in our but yeah there are there are a lot of people that they, they'll kind of dance around topics and it really bot really bothers me and he just doesn't do that and it, it's really refreshing and it's very it's very authentic yeah well i hope you're enjoying your family when you're out there in the great state of rendition <laughs> it's too humid i forgot <laughs> it's way too humid and cold bone chilling cold Oh my gosh. And in four minutes, I'm on with. Uh, um, yeah, we should jump off here. You got to be RT. on RT. All right. Hey, God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. See you, to, see you, Apollo. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative daily.com on Rumble. On Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times. On D Live. And now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, 
and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.